Production. Recorded live. Waiting for Jimmy, waiting for Jimmy, waiting for Jimmy, waiting for Jimmy. That was the magic sound that says, here comes Jimmy, he's going to get on and he can start doing something here. Showing that I'm actually on the call. That's
Are you there? Hey, there you go. You made it. Yep. That's weird. It never. I still haven't got the thingy. I just went ahead and dialed it when you sent the That's number. That's what I'm telling you. It's like it's going to be the same thing every time. Yeah. But my phone, I deleted all my call log and all my messages out the other day. Right and I didn't have a piece edit. of paper. Uh, that's well. That'd be the smart thing to do. Because you know, like, oh, we'll be doing this more than once or something. Well, hey, I don't. I've never been accused of being smart. <laughs> and yet, somehow, you and Glag survived. Hey, uh, I've never been accused of being smart. Well, shit, I shouldn't say that. Now, people accuse me of that, but it's not because I'm smart. It's because they're dumb. But <laughs> I'm just average. They're like really dumb because they think I'm smart. But anyway, um, <laughs> seriously though, you've been getting uh, like accolades thrown at you. In addition to that, you've had people that are like trying to write your memoirs. Um, so I don't know what, if anything, you want to do with that. I was going to ask you about that. Well, let's just say that the ones that usually come forward first are not at all altruistic. Oh, this needs to get out to the public. It's such a wonderful story, and I can sell the rights to Steven Spielberg and make a shitload of money. There's one Grace White Feather said that she would love the opportunity to uh, to tell the story. And sent me a, or said that a couple of other books, the other story, like Mugga Memoir that she had written, didn't want any money for it or anything. I was thinking, man, that's pretty cool. And she's in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a yowie enthusiast down there. So people are going to get all kinds of excited about this because they're just, you know, stories like this don't happen very often. So it's to be expected. You're going to get, I couldn't tell you one thing or another about her other than she's an enthusiast down in Australia. So I have no idea if you can believe her, trust her or anything. And that's part Mm -hmm. of the problem because, you know, it's like, it's great that they step up and say, I want to help you with this. But then like, you know, three, four years later, nothing happens. Or yep. they actually do it, and then they somehow try and grab control of the property and use it themselves. And it's like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. And the other thing is that if you've got you got somebody ghostwriting it for you, you, uh, you know, it's not putting your name on it, so you're not being connected to the story at all, which is good because you won't get pestered. But you also won't be able to, like, you know, go do the Bigfoot circuit or something like that either. Yeah. Joe Incognito and nobody knows who it actually is. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. I'm not exactly sure what to do there. And I think it would be cool for it to be told like that, but uh, that gets into a whole nother headache that I'm not sure if I want. Yeah, it's something that's like there's an outside chance you can make some money on it, but it's almost guaranteed there's going to be a ridiculous amount of headache to go along with it, whether you actually make the money or not. (laughs) So it's kind of up to you, whatever you want to do with it. But I just thought I'd 
having to deal with these fucking vampires for as long as I've had to already in, in, in the music industry and others. Uh, none of them are to be trusted. So, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever you want. I kind of figured that. I don't trust anybody but myself. When it comes to stuff like that, you can't. Yeah. yeah, I'm just lucky I got a few people in the community that trust me enough that they're willing to come on the show and even talk about stuff like this. Yeah. You know, well, you're, you're I think you and me were talking about, like, Kat's library. She's got her she's got her own friggin' library of books that she's written on the subjects that she knows about. She's never released any of them. Yeah. That's what I would like to read. I would like to see in her notebooks. <laughs> really? Can I read you a library, cat? Yeah. Look out for the cat people. They're in that back room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can just, I, I bet what she's got written down in there, knock your socks off. Oh, God. Yeah. I get the impression of being around her place is like, Walking onto the saddle, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> all kinds of weird critters all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so yeah, I don't know what you want to do about that, but I caution you strongly against jumping in with both feet with anybody to do any kind of projects at this point. Yep. And, uh, just let it kind of sift its way through for a while and see if you get any like good responses from you know anybody that can actually be trusted. Uh, yeah, at least like even a little bit. There's a guy that said he said I, I am by no means the guy that could do this for you, but you need to, you know, find somebody that can tell this story for you and you know do it the right way and help you make something off of it. But he said, you know, I'm not the guy that sits down at the desk and can do this, but you need to look into that. And it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, he's not offering to do it. He's just saying, man, you need to do it the right way. And it's like, okay, yeah. help me do it the right way. Well, yeah, I'm not the guy to do it. <laughs> Great. I've actually been paid to be a writer before, and I don't know if I'm even the guy to do it because it's a completely different sort of thing where I've had to do, like, reviews of bands and movies and stuff like that and the creative writing type stuff that I've done. I've actually written, like, created an entire FRP game like D&D with my own universe to go with it and all of the books to support it and, like, three novels based on it, but I've never released any of it. But as far as, like, trying to tell a real-life story or something, I don't freaking know how good I'd be at doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right well, you ought to, you ought to try it. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I'm, you know... I'm a pretty good writer, but I've never written anything like that before. It's like, and how do you even tell that? You know, do I tell it like second person? It was them, that Kevin, blah, 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 blah. He was shocked yeah. when he saw Glegg stand up and rip a tree in half and throw it at a cow across the river. <laughs> well, I, I had great ideas. I've wanted to write about Glegg forever. But I was going to do it from my D&D character standpoint. You know, like all the Forgotten Realms books. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of them are just guys that, you know, their D&D characters are what their book's about. And that's what I was going to do, just the adventures that I had been through with the lag. 
Adventures of Gleg. Yeah. Well, you could even still do that and then just have me go through and edit it or something. Because I used to do that all the time when I worked for Your Flesh magazine. I was one of the music editors and eventually ended up being one of the editors of like pretty much anything they threw at me. <sighs> just proofread it and go through and make sure that there aren't like, you know, obvious spelling errors or awkward well, cover sentence construction, things like that. Well, then you wouldn't want to the editor for me because the grammatical errors would drive me insane before you got through the first paragraph. Well, see, there's what you need then, an editor. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently you do need one, yeah. That's one of the things I do have a leg up on most people that are writers. I may not be like, uh, you know, superbly alliterative, descriptive writer, but I actually worked as an editor for a while, so I self-edit. And, like, I'd pass my stuff off to other people to look at and edit for me. And they had it back and go, like, I caught one spelling error on page three. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Well, that's it, because, like, the rest of it's already edited. <laughs> yep. My wife is a, is a secretary, and, you know, she can type, what, 140 words a minute error-free. You know, it, it just sounds, all you hear is fingernails on, on, you know, click, back, click, 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 yeah. and sound like a machine gun. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like Hitler's typewriter, the MG-40. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. My favorite yes, machine gun of all time, I want one. Yeah. The MP 40 No house is complete without them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, what do they call it? The, the meat saw? Yeah, the buzz saw. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah. like I've heard recordings of that too, and it fired so fast you couldn't even hear individual sounds. It just it sounded like something ripping. Yep. It just go. Well, they put the slide on roller on bearings. <laughs> Those damn sneaky Germans using common mm. sense and technology to their advantage. Damn it, they always do that. Exactly. <laughs> And that's what cracks me up about their like, Well, they had this amazing super technology. It's like, no, they had like engineering and common sense to Yeah, yeah, common sense. And yeah, they machine they machine steel parts instead of stamping them. Yeah. So they're all precision made. That hence the reason their machine guns didn't melt down after two hundred rounds. They kept firing for hours and hours and they had quick change barrels for when they got hot. Yeah, they'd switch out and put the cool barrel on. <laughs> Get that yep. hot and then switch them back again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they, Look at the barrels don't melt because they're Germans and they're cheating. <laughs> they're sm- yeah, they're because they're smarter than you. That's what people didn't want to hear. Yeah, exactly. All I have to do is look at the Panther and look at the Sherman and go, okay, now who's got better designs? <laughs> <laughs> any, any of them. The, the, the tiger, the king, well, the king tiger, holy crap. Yeah, that's the panther, a very scary show. The, the leopard, any of them. The, the Germans, even their sabot rounds, would bounce off the hull. Yep. That's got to be intimidating when you got one, one tiger and a whole battalion of Shermans, and it's sitting there picking them off one by one. And, and they're all, all of them are firing at it. You see the rounds bouncing off the damn thing. Yep. <laughs> that is why so many crews saw that happening. 
nothing wrong with their tank. They bail out of it because you yeah. know, he's going right down the line. And each one in front of it stopped and blown, a, blown apart. <laughs> you yeah. can't go anywhere. They called it tiger fever, and it got to the point where any time they saw a tank, they weren't sure what it was. They'd start thinking it was a tiger and freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> tiger fever. Yep. They literally called it that. As a matter of fact, as far as the stats on the Tiger Two is concerned, you know, they didn't make very many Tiger Twos. But of all the ones that actually saw combat, there is not one recorded in World War Two as having had the front glacis plate on it penetrated by the gun on an enemy AFV. Not one. Yeah. No tank ever shot a hole in the front armor on a on a Tiger Two. Sorry, never happened. Yeah. You know, the only reason that they started, well, they were using slave labor, at, you know, towards the end, and they were sabotaging the, the tanks on yeah. the assembly lines. Yeah. Mm. Damn slaves. Yeah. Can't I mean, trust them. Can't trust them for nothing. <laughs> can't trust them for nothing. They complain <laughs> if you hung them with a gold-plated rope. Well, anyway, let's. Uh, do you want to start off with like viewer questions then? Yeah, that, that's fine. Let's do that, and then we can work our way into the whole big encounter here. How much is there leading up to that? Was there like warning signs well, or something you can bring up before you tell the actual story? Well, I, I was just going to cover about some of the fun stuff that we did after we moved, where I was able to interact with him more and not have to worry about. Right, now, that would be it. awesome to hear about. Yeah, that would be awesome to hear about. And then after that, you're going to go into how long were you guys up there before that happened? Um, it was about a it was about a year. That oh, okay. We had, so you had a bunch of adventures before the bad thing happened. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like I told you when I was, you know, after that initial time to where he picked me up like a little baby scared the crap out of me and carried me because that's too tired to walk anymore. Then it was, I, I always wanted him to carry me because the sensation was, <laughs> there's no way to describe it. I mean, so much easier than then, walking. <laughs> and then when he would run, man, you, you, uh, Usain Bolt can't run that fast and you're getting to experience the trees and the bushes and everything go by that fast. It was just, yeah, it's hard to it's like being on the, the speeder in the redwood scene in that Star Wars movie. Yes, exactly. And the the thing I always always got me was when he's running fast, it's quiet. Yeah, and he's carrying me, and it's you. I I make more noise when I'm walking. And here's <laughs> carrying me, and you can't hear it. Other, you know, you just the sneaky, you can hear the thump. And you know, just it started noticing more and more just how masterful he was at hiding in the environment. I mean, just blending in, not even trying to. He just. And the more he got to know his area, well, that's something I, I can just explain all of that on the air. Good. So here, the one thing I want to hit before we do this now is there, in the year leading up to when you got there and you had all the, all the fun time to hang around with them, and then the bad encounter happened, 
Was there any warning signs leading up to that? Um, there was a few, but it's, uh, you know, that was why he wouldn't let me go back to where I think his place was for quite a while until it was safe. That makes sense. And then it was if about... You can, like, I'm sure you probably don't remember exactly what order everything happened in at this point, but if you can, like, work it in sort of in between. We did this fun thing. We did this fun thing. There was this warning sign. I didn't know okay. what it meant that, and I didn't think about it. We did this fun thing. We did this fun thing. There was this warning sign. I didn't okay. really think about it at the time, blah, blah, blah. So that you sort of build up like they know something's coming. And okay. like you maybe didn't realize something was coming until it yeah. actually happened. But you look back on it now and go, well, shit, there was like, you know, this, and this, like, and this led up to it. When when I would got to where I would hang on his back when I, you know, a piggyback ride. But it was different than, you know, a little kid. It was kind of like a little kid hanging on the back of Andre the Giant. But <laughs> Yeah. And him, it would take off running. You know, it was hard to hang on. But then, you know, we're laughing and stuff. And then he'd just stop and, you know, stop. And he's like, what's the matter? And he'd let it go back. And so it'd turn around and go back. I didn't realize it at the time. But, you know, that's when, you know, more and more, see, I can, I can say stuff like that. Because when he stopped and it's, oh, let's just go back. Let's go eat food or sleep or something like that. But there's an X that we come across because he wasn't paying attention when he was running. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good one to bring up, too. That's a warning sign. Most most of my hardcore listeners will get that right away. Oh, Duke told us what an X means. Oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and see, that's now years later... Now I know what all of that meant. Back then, I didn't. But no. did. But see, that's what I'm saying. Now, telling the story from years later with that kind of knowledge, you've got the retrospective, you know, godlike view on it, where you can look back and see those warning signs, which at the time you didn't know what it meant. Yep. And you can include those in the story. So it's just like telling a good story on paper, foreshadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. And it's yep. like happy, 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 weird. Happy, happy, happy. Okay, scary. Happy, happy, happy. What the fuck? Happy, happy. There's something attacking. <laughs> yeah. I'll do a couple of those. Like when we actually did go down to the river and then had a if blast can, in the deeper water. Right on. If you can remember what order any of it happened in, that's spectacular. But if okay. you can't, if you can't remember specifically, just like intersperse it in there a little bit because it's just good storytelling, and you're not lying. Okay. You're telling shit that happened. You just can't remember yeah. exactly when. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm not going to remember exactly chronological. I'll do my best, but. Well, dude, I know what it's like. This is like how 35 years ago. Yep. And you're supposed to remember an entire five years of experiences. Yeah. Not. <laughs> well, and they, well, there's still stuff popping up that I, like, when we were talking just now, the stuff that I thought about was, you know, how many times we actually went for a run. You know, I didn't think of that until, holy crap, we did that quite a bit. And we was always laughing and giggling and having fun. Because, like, Black, slow down, slow down. Black is falling off. Yeah, I'm falling off. Splat, splat. See, that happened. 
more than once when I lost my grip. <laughs> well, see, now remember to mention all this stuff. This is going to be well, great. Huh? Well, let's get let's get to it. Let's start recording. Okay. Shall we? Okay. Yep. Give me a little break here in the tape so I can find it. Big Sky, howdy, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of World Bigfoot Radio. This is the Duke, and I'm once again joined by my friend Kevin, who is telling us the Glag saga. And as you recall from the last time that he was on, they had just gotten Glag moved up to the new area, and uh, it had been quite the adventure trying to find one for him where they figured he'd be okay, and it seemed like this one was going to work out good. It was a long ways out there, like another 20 miles further and where he had been originally. But now it was like a lot safer place for him to run around the mountains and uh, explore and hang out and be friends and not have to worry about other uh, humans running into him or anything bad happening potentially, uh, hopefully, with other Bigfoot uh, clans or troops around the area. Um, So once again, uh, like I said, let me bring back Kevin. Great to have you back, buddy. Hey, how you doing, dude? Doing great. So yeah, we talked before we came on the air about doing a little viewer uh, viewer slash listener mail here for the tons of questions that we've been getting. And uh, it's kind of a nice thing to see we didn't record all this in one gigantic session so we can actually take your questions <laughs> and answer some of them as we're going along with the whole saga. And so actually uh, Kevin himself went ahead and grabbed the questions that he thought were would be the best ones to answer right off the bat here. Okay, and I just have a have a couple that um, for Cindy. I just want to say, be patient. That's yet to come. Uh, for Peter, um, not that I ever saw, but his natural abilities never ceased to amaze me. And, Pat, about the alcohol thing, I'm sorry, buddy, I wasn't old enough at the time. I was just a kid. Thank and, God. <laughs> First of all, it, it would bankrupt you to get him drunk. And then who wants a drunk at the Sasquatch? You know? No way, it could, have been, it could have been fun, but, no, I was, I was, at this time, I was, like, 16. I, I didn't start drinking for another year or so. <laughs> Um, and just a comment that I wanted to make several people my motorcycle that I rode up there that I had when I was a kid when I was 14 I bought for 20 bucks and it was a Roland chassis three extra tires two extra wheels and five milk crates full of parts the only way that my parents would let me get a motorcycle is because it was not running and three weeks later when I rode down the street on it my mom was ticked. So it's not like I spent a million bucks on a brand new motorcycle. It was an old pile of junk parts that I happened to get running and ride down the road in it. And I had an old piece of junk motorcycle that took every spare penny I made to keep it running. <laughs> so it was the same kind of high quality equipment that I had when I was a kid. <laughs> yep. You know, it was a then when I got my first racing bike, I spent every penny that I had made and saved up to buy a, a lot better racing bike. It wasn't new. It was new to me. But 
I couldn't spend the money on a camera. I didn't want to. I wanted to buy a better motorcycle. And it's like we talked about before, cameras were not what they are now. I It would cost me more than my second motorcycle for a good camera. Yeah. And, and I would you, rather have the motorcycle. And what exactly. would you want it for, to document something you're trying to hide the presence of? Exactly. I didn't want people to know about him, so I never even thought about a camera. Now that I'm older, I wish I would have had just one picture. Yeah. One of me and him together. That, you know, that would that'd mean the world to me right now, but it's something I didn't think about back then. It just in a different time, the camera was a hassle inexpensive you had to buy the film you had to pay to get the film developed somebody else is going to see it if i did take pictures of him when they develop it yep yep that's so how i got the a, uh you know the mayaka skunk ape photos they had been developed at a local film developer and they uh they figured out what film developer the pictures had actually been developed at and that's why they where they figured out roughly where the area was that the pictures have been taken. Yep. All right, that was just a couple of comments that I or that I had seen that I could just quickly comment those on. But is there any other questions that you'd come across that you'd wanted to ask? I'm not sure if you covered the one or not. The one that comes up a lot is that did he ever? show any examples of any kind of paranormal powers at all i think maybe that was one that you got yeah yeah that was the one that i was getting at that no not that i ever saw but if you wasn't around him as much as i was the natural abilities that he had could seem paranormal yeah just the, his ability to blend in to the environment was just amazing every single time i mean he could walk off into the trees and like disappear and i know he wasn't disappearing there's plenty of times that i was following him and it just you just couldn't see him when it gets thick in there and it's just like you know i wasn't paying attention uh, several times and as we're walking along me right behind him and walk right into him because he'd stopped and I didn't realize he had stopped. I thought he was still eight or ten feet in front of me. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> no well to you, but at that time his butt's right about face level. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, part of the reason it was hilarious to me, yeah. <laughs> So when I run into it, I'm face-planting right in his butt crack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's one that I wanted to bring up. Now we're we're like at the beginning of the second year, and at the beginning of the – when you first found Glag, he was like 6'6 and 350 roughly, right? So how much bigger is he at this point two years later? Oh, probably pushing eight foot and right about seven fifty eight hundred. Okay. He's a big boy. He's always just like I said several times before, every single time I went up there he's bigger. <laughs> and it's, 
Yeah. And he, and he it just, you know, from him going, when we first met to my side, it's just every time we'd goof around and play, it's just, he's always, you know, like when we'd be rolling around in the, in the grass and stuff and he'd roll over on top of me, it wasn't pleasant after <laughs> the first year. <laughs> he did much. It was like I said. It, I got hurt a bunch, not like intentionally, but yeah, you know, just his size. Yeah, I suppose even if he was trying to be gentle, it'd be really easy to accidentally hurt you. Yeah. Well, it happened more times than I can count, and it wasn't anything, you know, malicious. It's just, and that's what I mean about his intelligence was realizing that how fragile I was. Even though I thought, you know, when you're a kid, you think you're invincible, but, you know, that's kind of humbling. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that would kind of tend to lessen that belief a lot, especially when you got a friend that's like that much bigger, stronger, and faster than you are, and it's like, uh, I could get yeah, well, easy compared to him. <laughs> yeah, especially then after seeing what kind of power he could put into a punch. Yeah. Holy cow. When did you ever, did you get a chance to, like, do punching drills with him against trees or something and ever see what you could do with it? Well, I I didn't try to hit a tree, <laughs> but I saw him gather firewood and, you know, a lodgepole pine, snap it off. Oh, God. And it's like... With a punch? But, I, well, more kind of like a slap, but... Yeah, kind of hard to explain, but it wasn't it wasn't like rearing back and you know doing a full on punch. It was, you know, it, the power generated in eight or ten inches, not a full swing. You know, it'd snap off a three or four inch round, you know, lodgepole. But and that was glad and dry wood burn and little stuff, little to me, not little to you. <laughs> You know, twigs and branches. <laughs> yeah, that, not a not a green lodgepole, but you know that that'll be good firewood next year. Yep. The dry brush that he gathered up, you know, sticks and stuff. You know, he got pretty good at that too. There's always a supply of firewood. You know, get ready to burn, get there and light it mm -hmm. up, right? <laughs> yes. How good did he get? Did you guys still have the same system and tell him when, roughly when you were going to be back there again? I, I he'd, tried. He'd be around there? I tried. I'd say if I'm not, I'm, I'll try to come back on this date, or if I'm not here on this day, it'll be this day. I always tried my best if I couldn't make it on the first day, on the second day that I told him. Mm -hmm. But he was farther back in there, so I couldn't go up you know, on a day trip like I used to, but I was able right. to go up and spend more time, you know, when I did go, I was able to spend more than just an afternoon. I'd go up and spend a day or two, but right. they were fewer and farther between. Right. And he's getting, you know, to more where he can, you know, I, I didn't need to provide anything, but, you know, he's able to fend for himself that way. 
Well, you still needed companionship. You know? Yes. Well, and so did I. And, yeah. Every, <laughs> all of the higher primates are social and need interaction. Um, um, I, 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 like did, I remember. Or something. I do remember one comment uh, touching on that. Somebody asked about needing the interaction, and yes, we cuddled a lot. Not like not weird about it, but yeah, he'd he'd always give me a hug when I'd come up. We'd always, you know, when I'd lay down, he'd lay. You know, kind of like a kid will lay on your lap, but he was like the St. Bernard sitting on your lap. His head and shoulders is, you know, (laughs) laying across me. And then it got to where it would be me laying on, you know, putting my head up against his leg while we're sitting there. And when I'd read, I'd lay down with my back to the fire and with my head on on his leg and I'd read you know, propped up against him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the interaction, the, the what's the word? Uh, the affection, yeah, that was always there. And it, it, very similar to what humans do. Yeah. You know, not anything weird. It's just, you know, it, like, a child with a parent, you know, yep. that that same type of affection. And it, I was always like that. Yes, that was something that he craved just like a human child would. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like we hypothesized here earlier that, you know, mentally, developmentally, he was probably significantly younger than you were. So, you know, you were going into your late teens and, you know, he was like halfway to being an adult and uh, still basically a kid and really needing to have interaction with someone else. And, and see, I never I never realized that. I always thought he was about my age, which could explain a lot also why, you know, we got along so good as he was a lot younger than me, but a lot bigger. But it makes sense now. But back then, I just kind of thought he was the same age as me. But if he would have been more sexually mature, things might have been different. Yeah. Well, again, and there's also, you know, I was talking to Brenton Son recently, and he had, I guess, that had interaction with a little female Sasquatch when they were little. And when she got to a certain age, she basically told him she couldn't come see him anymore and that she would get in trouble, and that was the end. So huh. like the same way they protect their females, especially when they get to a certain age, it's like there's always a male with them. They just can't get away from some other member of the troop and go sneak off, you know. And then there's the the males get, you know, ter- territorial and aggressive as soon as they get, uh, you know, testosterone, probably just like the way um, uh, human teenagers do. And boys start turning into men, and they get all pimply and aggressive and weird, and <laughs> start getting all that testosterone flowing in their system that they're not used to. Um, and that tends tends to be the way it is with the, the great apes. They get you know they get bigger. Everybody, everybody loves everybody until they start turning into adults, and then they start fighting with everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Why can't we always just be kids? 
you know, the weird thing is I've seen, like, a bunch of footage of baby animals of different species, like, interacting with each other, and ones that are, like, predator and prey animals in the regular world. And yes. since they're baby animals, they don't know the other one's a threat, and they're, like, best friends. <laughs> yes. Like the lion the lion and the, the springbok that were both a cub and... Uh, a fawn that were both abandoned mm-hmm. for some reason and became friends. And then once they get older, then the lion had to keep protecting the the, the springbok or what would it be, an impala? Not sure about that. I'm not totally up on my African mm-hmm. mammals. But oh, one thing I, I wanted to say was it, it's about me. But I appreciate the listeners and the positive comments. I know that my speech isn't as good as some people in the world, but there's a reason for it, and I just appreciate the people that have noticed the fact that. There is something wrong. I have had a stroke, and not through any fault of mine. The incompetence of a medical professional just about killed me and caused me to have a stroke. So that's why my speech isn't as eloquent as it used to be and why there's pauses and why it sounds like there's something wrong. It's because there is. But I appreciate the people that look past that and just listen to the story and don't you know, sling negative comments because of the way I talk. It just, I just really appreciate that. Well, you're just lucky you got that going for you. They can hear right past it and tell you, you know, you sound like a hillbilly mountain man. And then they'd be picking on you for that. Well, that, I, I pick on myself about my hickness. But... <laughs> the hickness of it all. Oh, my God, the hickness. <laughs> You sound you sound just fine, buddy. Don't worry about it. People are just happy to hear your story. And plus, no, it's, some, make some, it's something that's anyway. always bothered me ever since it happened. But there's nothing I can do about it. I apologize if it bothers you, but thanks for looking past it. And yeah, I do my best to edit out all the the big pauses and stuff too, and try to make it so that he sounds even way better than he already does, which is just perfectly fine anyway. So. Don't worry about it, man. You're covered. But anyway, so we're, I think that pretty much covers most of the questions there and stuff. So let's get back to the actual account here now. It's like the second year, you got them up there. Now you can, like, cook. You can have fires. You don't have to worry about, like, somebody's going to see the smoke right away. You can run around the hills and stuff. Now, at this point, he's a lot bigger, so you probably can't wrestle around much. What kind of stuff are you doing to amuse uh, yourselves other than, like, reading around the fire? Uh, well, we did stuff like any kids would do that are in the mountains. We went exploring, went goofing off. You know, there's no adults around. We're going off having fun, and there's no curfew. Right. And And I would be so confident running around the mountains with a Bigfoot right next to me. I'd be like, no, I'm not scared of nothing. (laughs) Well, that that was why if I had it to do over again, I would stay right by the fire with my gun on my lap. I wouldn't be running off around out there like we did. But 
because <laughs> I know what else is out there. He's not the only one. Back then, yeah. I was, you know, I was fat, dumb, and happy. I did, you know, just having fun. There was the times that, you know, signs that every once in a while would come up that didn't really occur that that's what it was, but knowing what I know now, there was stuff that we would do that would make me realize that now that there's something else there, if that makes sense. But what we did was, you know, there was one time the river was quite a ways. You remember there was a creek that was pretty close to where I always stayed when I went up there. And like I said, where he actually stayed was farther away. I hadn't didn't get to go back there for quite a while because it was way, way back in there where I'd park my bike or my snow machine and get back in from there. It was a uh, nice spot, but about two miles, you know, down a couple of ravines down through the mountains, there was a river down there, and we'd go down there and play in the river without chance of seeing a jet boat come up the river or fishermen or anything because it's way, way back in there. It's back in the backcountry. And that was cool. In deeper water than just, you know, ankle or knee-deep creek, we'd have, you know, a river that, you know, was over his head in spots, in some of the deeper spots, and just playing in the, playing in the river. And it still... Did he uh, swim pretty well? Uh, better than I did. Did you uh, that, observe him doing like, uh, some people said that they seen one doing like the frog kick sort of swimming style. Um, I, With the way the water was moving, I, he could swim upstream underwater. Wow. Yeah, if that, how he did it, I don't know. I never did actually, you know, the river as it was flowing, you couldn't really <laughs> as see. As but, he is, he might have went down to the bottom and just grabbed on the rocks and pulled himself across the bottom, too. See, that, it, it, that could have been, but, and that's another thing is the playing in the river. Every time we'd go down, he'd stop and watch me get undressed and start giggling. <laughs> Did he have to point then, you every time or just giggle? He'd just, when I'd take off my shoes, he'd start giggling. <laughs> and then when I'd take off my shirt, he'd start giggling even louder. And then when I'd get down into my, into my, into my swimming under, swimming my underwear, when I'd get down to my underwear, I'd finally just tell him, shut up and get in the water. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, like we're I said, pitiful, we don't have hair like you do. <laughs> well, and then as a kid, I didn't, I, I didn't, I had one hair on my chest. I mean, when I was <laughs> Did you point now it out I, especially and say, "Look, I said, look, I left that one." <laughs> Getting close. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was endearing, though. It was, you know, that was fun because it was always like oh great now he's gonna make fun of me now think of that here i am a sasquatch is making fun of me because i'm naked 
<laughs> I mean, how do you explain oh, that to somebody? Naked, it's because you don't have no hair on you. That's what well, you that's what I mean. I'm truly naked. I didn't got any hair covering me. I have to cover up with this other stuff. You've got. <laughs> no, I can totally see. Yeah, like Cat says, they have a kind of a weird sense of humor from our standpoint. It's all like slapstick yeah, humor. Of course, yeah, it's yeah, it's very all, visual. They, yeah. You know, silent film, how it was all, yeah, the slapstick. Yeah. It, it's the visual stuff that just cracked him up. And then is when trying to explain Bobby. to him that, he, that he's a Bigfoot mm-hmm. was <laughs> funny because it's like, you know, do you know what you are? And they'd look at me like, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> like, you're a big See, come here. Put your foot right here. See? And I'd have my bare foot in the mud, and I'd put my foot down. He's like, put yours right there. And it's three times the size of mine. See, you're a Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, so? Okay, yeah. It, it, it wasn't, you know, it, it, to him it was like, yeah, I have a big foot, okay? Yeah. I'm bigger than you. Did you ever get it across to him that that's actually what people called them? I, I, don't think, I don't think that it was ever important, but it's like, uh, you're a big foot. And he's like, yeah, I have big feet. <laughs> well, if you ever hear the human say that out in the woods, he'll probably know what they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, they know I'm over here. It's a big. Feet. I got big feet. I better look up. Yeah. I always wanted to make a pair of boots for him, but <laughs> I scare the hell out of somebody. There's these friggin' twenty-inch boots tracks going up the mountain. What the hell? There's just Paul Bunyan boots out here. So now you couldn't like swim every day. It wasn't, you know, this is the mountains we're talking about. It's not hot enough to, even during the summer, not every day. Yeah. So no. what other sort of things were you guys doing then? Well, that's when I told you that after that, in the process of trying to find him the place to move after that initial time that he picked me up and uh, carried me, it got to be where that was one of my favorite things to do because when he picked me up and just walk, you know, we're moving faster than I could run. And the sensation, it was just, it's undescribable. It's just amazing. And then when he would run, it was just, holy cow, it just, it's like going down the road on a motorcycle. But totally silent. When he'd take off, when he'd take off running, you know, never, you know, where you you see encounters or hear about encounters or where they're going through the the bush and it sounds like a like a bulldozer going through there or a freight train. But you also hear of the ones to where something was lightning quick and didn't make a sound. Yeah. If there's if he's not going through thick brush. You could barely hear the thump of his feet when he's moving, when he's motivating and carrying me. It was quiet. That always, I mean, that always struck me as that was odd. And that's where 
the natural ability. I don't know how he did that. I don't know if it's uh, what it, the mid-tarsal break, the way his foot would hit the ground. You know, it's not like a heel strike like ours is. No. I don't know if the it's because of that. that. Yeah, it's the the other possibility there is the phenomenal, excuse me, the anatomical oddity pointed out by Albert Osman, now called Osman Pads, where he noticed during the five days that he was with the Sasquatch family that they had big old huge thick pads on the bottom of their feet. And the video of Patty at Bluff Creek also shows the same thing. And so if they're as big and heavy like an elephant is, which they are, and an elephant has pads on their feet like that, and they do. And by the way, an elephant can walk completely silently too. It just goes to follow that that could be one of the things that they're employing to uh, to be really silent when they're moving through the the underbrush and whatnot. You know, it's just a natural. Yeah, unless natural they're physically swatting something out of the way, they don't really make any noise. Huh. Yeah, I mean, well, same thing with elephants. I've heard people that have uh, run into elephants in thick jungle. Like, you need a machete to hack your way through it. And here comes a friggin' elephant, and they don't see it until it's like 20 feet away. And and they didn't hear it at all. Yep. They watch it walk through. It's barely making a sound. And when it gets like 20 or 30 feet away, the jungle swallows it up, and they can't even hear it anymore. It's an elephant. The, so, uh, yeah, that, I can totally that's believe disconcerting. that. Yeah, it is. Very much so. It was to them, too. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in the thick jungle where there's elephants around because we don't know that we're going to run into them until we've run into them. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that make it be a Charmin moment? Oh, God. Yeah, the only thing worse than running into a, a moose no. running into an yeah. elephant in the thick jungle. Yes. Because a moose not afraid of you at all. Like other so stuff before out we go the... too much further there with where we're going now, we're you know let's finish off with the swimming in the water and stuff like that. Did you guys ever like practice hold your breath? Who can stay underwater the longest or anything like that? Uh, no, because he could stay underwater a lot longer than I could hold my breath. I already saw that. Yeah. Did he ever, no, did he ever no, show you that? Like how long he could stay underwater? Well, well, he just when he had go under and come up, you know, someplace totally different that. I had no idea he was that far away, and, you know, it was a m- couple minutes, and I could only hold my breath for about a minute and a half, and there's no way I could hold my breath as long as him. That's still really, really good. I think the furthest I ever got was about a minute 45, and that was about as much as I could handle. I used to do diving and stuff, too, so mm-hmm. that's the reason why. When When I was in practice, I could hold it maybe a little bit longer than that, but Never much more than about a minute and a half. It, it tops, you know, 45 yeah. seconds. The most I was comfortable staying under. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that's like if you're just sitting there not moving. <laughs> if you're trying to swim around, you're going to be, like, running out of air even faster. So, <clears throat> yeah, and, again, this, you know, matches with things that we've heard in other encounters and stuff, including the ones where they actually have a layer that's constructed under the surface of the lake there's an underwater opening and then there's a dry cave that you get in through being underwater to get into it. And they think there's a case down in the south here where some of these people that have gotten missing around this lake have been actually grabbed by a hostile squash that lives in this underground cave basically on the lake. So 
And people oh, see them swimming around underwater and shit too. So very disconcerting. That that's man, if that brings up a whole world of possibilities on some of the missing people cases, doesn't it? Yeah, especially like right around the water. Well, there's no gators here. Where'd they disappear to? <clears throat> and something worse than gators. Yeah. If it's going to take you under. Yeah, and can hold its breath for a couple minutes easily until you're long since dead. Yep. Now, you know, they're wanting to move on from other stuff that we did. Is that what you're meaning? Well, no, After- let's... let's- Let's, uh, you know, other, no, I want to actually hear about all the hijinks you guys are having after yeah. you finally got it moved out there to a safe place. Uh, your, your swimming is one of the things you did. You said you did a bunch of hiking around and exploring. Did you have any yeah. interesting encounters or adventures during the course of doing that? Well, that, yeah, I started riding piggyback on him quite a bit. And that, you know, we could so cover some. So he wasn't carrying you around. like in his arms like a baby anymore at this point. You were like. No, hanging on to his that back. That was so only when I only when I was really tired would he do that anymore. But yeah, it got to where I'd climb up on his back, man, and it that in and of itself was difficult because it was so big. But <laughs> it's not like you know how you know a human carrying a kid, you know, when they're hanging around your neck, you hold on to their legs. It, I mean, his back was wider than a than a horse. Yeah. It was, but it was just mainly just hanging on. <laughs> and then it'd be like, Black, run, run, let's run. And it'd say, okay. And it's like, Black, slow down, I'm falling off, and boom. <laughs> oh. It's like it's like getting dumped off a motorcycle at 45 miles an hour. It'd go rolling yeah. through the forest. You more than one bump and bruise. <laughs> Glad, slow down! I'm falling off! I'm falling! And then he comes back laughing because I did fall off. <laughs> you ever accidentally hit any brush and knock out that way or anything like that? Plowing I, I think I think it wasn't accidentally. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, was, it gets back to the sense of humor. Yeah. As long as I as long as I wasn't oh. hurt, like. Real bad. It was funny as all get out. You know, watch watch little human go bouncing down the hillside. <laughs> oh, my poor human buddy fell off and bounced down the hillside again. Well, yeah. collect and up. I didn't. I didn't even get it kicked up into high gear, and he couldn't hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that developed some upper body strength, considering how fast they can run. I can imagine it wouldn't be, you know wouldn't be that easy to hang on, especially if he was making any kind of sharp turns it, or anything. It, it wasn't. And, you know, remember, I was I was a tough kid and pretty strong, too. But, man, hanging on and then getting used to that sensation. I mean, there's no way to describe it. it it's something that unless you've hung on to the back of a Bigfoot in him running, there, there's no way for me to describe it to you. It's just an unbelievable, unreal feeling. And it just, I guess, surreal would be the the word, I guess, I'm looking for. It just, it's why I always wanted to do it. It's, I can <laughs> never, I could never, I would never be able to move that fast on my own, ever. 
Right. And I know he never got up into top gear. I know he never ran as fast as he possibly could because I wouldn't have been able to hang on. Oh, man. Wow. Now, there was a uh, few times that, you know, in the course of not paying attention, that uh, when stuff like that was going on, there's stuff that, you know, I would love, like I've said before, I'd love to go back with the wisdom I have now and I would have paid more attention to. But mm-hmm. when we're out there playing and having fun and giggling and laughing and running through the forest or running down, you know, a, a deer trail and then lag it just all of a sudden stop and the whole attitude had changed and it's like, let's go back, let's go eat, let's go make a fire and just really? instantly go from having fun to uh, turn around and go back just instantly. That's a tad concerning. Yeah, and well, it's like, well, man, he gets hungry quick is what I was thinking. Yeah. But Did now, you notice any other weird signs? I mean, other than like his suspicious behavior? Well, that's when I noticed an X on one of the times when that happened. Up in the trees ahead of us is I don't think he was paying attention because we were goofing off and there was a big X, big, big, big X up in the trees ahead of us, probably about a hundred yards or so. And he, we'd turn around and boogie back to the, uh, back the direction of where we had came. And that time when I saw that big X, he picked me up and run, not really? jog. Yeah, he picked me up and run back. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. But, you know, and then everything was fine when we got back. So that time he, like, scooped you up, like, carried you like a baby. You weren't hanging out. Yes. Back. Yep. Now, interesting thing that occurs to me is that they've got that different walking method than we do where they have the tightrope step and we do a staggered step. And it also looks to observers like they don't seem to bob up and down very much. Did you notice that when you're hanging on his back that he didn't do as much up up and down bobbing as he yeah, it, does? It, when it he wasn't walks? it wasn't it wasn't a rough ride. It was just the speed in the in his size. Okay. That's why it was hard to hang on. No, no, okay. it was never rough. And when he was carrying me like a baby, there was no bounce. Interesting. Yeah, so, I never, uh, I never realized it. Then, but now they're what is it? The compliant gait, I believe, is what it's called. You now it looks like they're gliding, not actually yeah. walking. Yeah, they don't actually ever uh, straighten their legs completely out, which would yeah, have been it, an interesting part of trying to teach him a front snap kick, because yeah. so like your legs don't want to do that anyway. This is going to be tough. Yeah, well, and that's why I said the kicks were kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> like he didn't straighten his leg completely, and yet it's it seemingly still had tremendous power. Yep. His, 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 what he, what I had him do more than a front kick was a side kick, but it uh-huh. was still an awkward side kick. <laughs> but do you think he ever got it, any good at? Did he seem to get any good at it? Um, not in those kicks. Awkward. But no. I imagine I imagine if you would have connected with me with that one of those, it would have been devastating. But it was never anything that was 
it was more that when you would do that, it was just more for fun. Yeah. Because it was something I don't think you would have ever got good at was a kick like that. Taylor tells me one of the interesting things he's seen one of them do was actually like kick a tree with the side of their foot, not with the pad on the bottom, not with the top of their foot. But like if you're karate chopping somebody, it's the edge of your hand. Well, it was doing the same thing with the edge of its foot. And it just kicked a tree, and it made a wood knock with it. Huh, yeah. Well, they're not fragile like us. And yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, apparently. <laughs> and he said, yeah, he was really surprised because he's also heard them do it with their mouth where they do like a pop. And yes. there's the throat like expands like a, a bullfrog or something, and then they do this incredibly loud pop, which also sounds like a wood knock. Yeah, like I've seen that before, not with him. I bet I've seen people talk about that where the wood knock, what sounds like a wood knock is actually made by their mouth. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mentioned that to my, uh, my, uh, my current upstairs neighbor, uh, Jeff actually can do that. He can do a pop like that, and it's like if he, if you're standing within ten feet of him and he doesn't tell you he's doing it, you'll be shocked and like your ears will ring. Mm-hmm. And he's just a little 150 pound guy. You know, imagine what an 800 pound Bigfoot could do if they're trying to do the same thing. It'd be tremendously loud. Yeah, he uses it to make the neighborhood dog shut up. They'll be over there barking on the other side of the fence, and he'll walk out and do that, and they'll just be like, whoop. Yeah. Don't know what that was, but I don't want it to come over here. Sounds like a branch breaking or a gunshot or something almost, you know, and that's, like I said, from a 150-pound guy, so you can imagine what a huge Bigfoot could do with it. Yes. Awesome. awesome. There's just... I don't know what all to say. It's just, you know, whenever I'd go up for that next, you know, that whole next summer when we was up there, it was just me and him being friends without any rules, without any any worries that I saw. I'm sure there was, but it was just having fun and just enjoying going up there and being with him and just goofing off without worry of anybody, you know, ridiculing me or or harassing me, not ridiculing, but harassing me or, you know, and just some of the happiest times of my life was spent up there. When you were reading him stuff from books, did he seem to understand what you were reading to him? Did he ever ask you like questions about him or anything? Um, yeah, but exactly what I, I remember he had like when I'd read and I would read something and he'd want to know what's that like a word specifically right now I can't think of anything but I, there was times that he'd stop me and ask what's that mm-hmm. and then try to explain to him what a uh, you know, like in, in a Dr. Seuss book, what's a zizzard, zazzard, zazzard? It's just a goofy word. Not yeah. really anything, but it's something Unless like that. Unless there's a drawing that Dr. Seuss did, in which case you can show him the picture. Yeah, yeah. but it was just, you know, that was just a for example. But 
you know, off the top of my head right now, I can't think of anything, but yeah, that did come up several times. Where, well, that's when I was that's reading interesting because it shows, yeah, how much attention he was actually paying to what you were saying and how much yeah. he was following what it was that you were saying. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what always got me about the intelligence is, and I think every time I read, he was listening and paying attention. Every time, even if it was for, no matter what what it was, you know, whether it was a goofy Doctor Seuss book or out of the New Testament, he was paying attention to what I said. Now it sounds like he's just about the best friend you could hope for. That must have been awesome well, having him. It it well it was it saved me. You know, give me peace of mind at that time when I didn't get it anywhere else. Yep. Yeah, I'm glad you were there to help him, too, or he wouldn't have survived it. It sounds like he would have had a really rough time of it. And it's always uh, times it. like that that just, sorry, it just, whew. Just remembering all that. Sorry about that. It just gets me choked up every once in a while. Oh, that's fine, man. Totally understandable. I think everybody is, you know, those of us that have been lucky enough to actually have a best friend and then unfortunate enough to lose them know exactly what it feels like. Yep. Mercy. Well, you got to just try and focus on all the good times and the good memories and, you know, the more you the more you think about the good times and then remember the good times that you had, the more you keep those memories alive, you know, and, um, yeah, your, your friendship, your friend doesn't die. Yeah. I'm all remember for the rest of my life. Oh, then try explaining that to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just got choked up. <clears throat> So, uh, in, the, in the 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 stretch of time between year two and year three, which we're sort of covering in this episode, was there anything else that was really out of the ordinary that sticks out in your memory as being something that should probably be included? Well, it's just I did notice that even where we were, um, where we stayed in the general area, you know, fairly close to where I'd park. There was certain areas that we wouldn't go to. Oh, really? Yeah, and you, or we'd go a direction and then stop and come back, and we'd go over. There was just certain areas that we didn't go to, and that's where it was his area. He was there all the time. I just I went with it. I didn't ever force that issue. I didn't I didn't know why. I just knew that we didn't go over there. And it was about uh, late summer is when, you know, I asked him over and over, where do you actually stay? Where Where's your home? We, have you made a home? And he had always, you know, like tried to change the subject. But finally, I convinced him to take me back in there. And so one day we finally did. Went way back in there. And that it was about 
the end of that 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 first that summer up there is when I finally got to go back to where he stayed when I wasn't there, <clears throat> which was that gets into what we talked about before. If you want me to go into that now. Uh, no, let's save that for the beginning of the next episode here. That's, uh, All right. I think we got enough time on this one that we definitely got an episode covered here. When did we start recording? Yeah. Um, yeah. well, you could end that one with where I got choked up. <laughs> That'd be a great, great end spot, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, if we try and run into that now, I'm afraid we're going to run out of time on the sound file. That's what I'm worried about. All right. And then, of course, if you go over two hours, you're always risking the damn thing crashing, and then you don't get any file at all. You get to yeah. record it over again. And well, can you? happened to me a couple of times, so I don't want. Well, to and I will. I will. I have my hang-up dumbass sign up there also. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. Um, if you want, if you want to end this one and then. We can record another one tomorrow. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's get okay. the because uh, you're figuring like this whole thing happened right around year three is where the big scary yeah event happened. and and okay. it happened back there in where he stayed. Okay, well this is a good place to leave it at where. He, yeah, and it was, was that that was very first time that I went there. Yeah, yeah, and it, and that, that very first night that I was back there in his area is when that happened and where that happened. Okay, we'll just leave it right there then, and we'll start out the next episode with that whole really bad incident. Yes. That, man, I, I'm choked up. I I don't think I could do much more tonight. I, if I'd start talking about him, it's going to no, get me choked honestly, up again. that's fine. That's enough trauma for you for one friggin' night. You know, and the problem here isn't scary PTSD. The problem here is that you're thinking too much about all the good times you had with your friend. It makes you mess yep. up. I totally get it, man. Oh, there's some friends that I totally miss that, you know, not going to be seeing them again. And there's a yeah. couple, you know, people that I really love that I just can't even hang around to them because they're just, you know, their attitude has gotten so shitty that it's like they're not the person that I used to know. Yeah, well, it's like my ex-wife. The woman that I saw that I fell in love with is, is no longer there even though I see her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, no, that's but, the status. Yeah. They mutate into some kind of icky thing. They started out being an awesome person. They turn into some kind of monster. Yeah, I, I always loved the mother of my children, but I hadn't seen her in years. She was the Wicked Witch of the West then. God. But, <sighs> well, let me do a little sign-off here. We'll just clip out this little part. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks for trying to to make it through the, the rest of the, the tale here, we're going to cut her off there for this uh, episode. Um, you guys are definitely going to want to tune in for the next one because things sort of go south uh, right about the time that he takes Kevin out to see where it is that he's actually living. Um, so you don't want to miss the next episode, let's just say that. And otherwise, thanks everybody for listening in again. And uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We'll have more viewer questions on the next episode. In the meantime, pay it forward. Be kind to everyone else. Safety first, last, and always. 
And whatever you do, please do not hug the Wookiee. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Okay. Yeah, ne- next time you got to let me say don't hug the Wookiee. <laughs> okay. All you <laughs> do is ask. That's fine. You know, I got a different every. I'm looking for pictures of Wookies all the time. I don't know if you noticed in the last one. I had a different one. I had the Wookie with antlers on, doing a yeah. Christmas Wookie. And like I've had baby Wookies. I got Wookies with like, you know, like just got a, out of a doggy hospital head guard things on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the color of shame. The cone yeah. of shame. <laughs> the colors, the cone of shame. Exactly. Yeah, I've got like, and and I keep finding new ones all the time. So I always keep grabbing them. So that mm. like pretty much every episode, I can put a different. Wookiee image on there on Don't Hug the Wookiees. <laughs> and actually, a couple of the, the listeners have mentioned that, too. I'm going to start calling them Wookiees. That's it. <laughs> well, they're, they're as smart as Wookiees. Well, they practically they basically are Wookiees. I don't know if you know the backstory on that, but that was um, George Lucas had acquaintances that were interested in Bigfoot, and he threw it into the show because he wanted there to be a Bigfoot-like character in Star Wars. That's where uh, nice. Wookiees came from. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's a space nice. Bigfoot. <laughs> space, space Bigfoot. Wu Chang yeah. the Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Chewbacca the Wookiee is a space Bigfoot. So three. Nice. <laughs> you remember Spaceballs Wu Chang the Wookiee? I don't think so. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, you're you talking about uh, what the hell's his name? John Candy. Yeah, John Candy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Rick Moranis says dark helmet. Yeah, yeah, dark helmet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was talking to one of my friends up in Alaska last night and got on the subject of like mountain man movies and mentioned Jeremiah Johnson. She's like, what's that? And I'm like, hello, you live in Alaska? You've never seen yeah. Jeremiah Johnson? What the hell's wrong with you? You even know and like what Monty Python and the Holy Grail is, and you've never heard of Jeremiah never Johnson? Never heard of Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah. Like Man. you're living that fucking life, and you've never heard of Jeremiah Johnson? <laughs> this is somebody that had their little cabin out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska when they were living by themselves, in the middle mm-hmm. of the Alaskan Triangle of all bad places. Yep. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and with, like, right bordering two Bigfoot troops that didn't like each other. Oh, so, man. Yeah, even worse location. That's Sunny. She'll be on with more stories here. She's got some really freaky ones. And if I would, if you can do something next summer, I would love to come up. That's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to arrange it so that, like, a lot of the people that have been guests on the show all have the opportunity to have like a big family reunion and everybody that's been on the show can all hang out and go camping together and we'll go someplace innocuous like the Skull Coho where the mountain giants yeah. are hang out there. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I know right where now. not to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I show you the 60-foot X structure, you'd be like, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to see the boulder stack? No, not particularly. No, no. It's no. <laughs> far away from there as possible. Oh, we camped fucking like 100 yards from it without knowing it. <laughs> Great. Derp. Derp. Yeah, my skillet, it's like Sunny said this too. She's got like some kind of weird supernatural power at finding Bigfoot 
even though she doesn't want to. <laughs> and I'm kind of the same way. It's like I have the ultimate superpower of being in the wrong place at the wrong time most of the time. So it's like if there's a monster around the area, I guarantee I'll just wander right up to where next to its cave and camp there, you know. It's pretty much the way it'll work out every time. <laughs> Don't worry about finding the monster. Just let me randomly wander around and set up camp. That'll be right next to it. Great. I'm not sure if I want to go camping with you. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, I'm really good at finding signs of Bigfoot. <laughs> Good. It's probably your camp right in his right in his bathroom. I don't know if you ever seen uh, Patty Canyon Four, where we find that weird little yeah. gully during the winter, and there's all those little squatchless structures all over it. Well, we're on that sort of hillside where it's been like partially logged off, and looking around, we found that one little teepee structure. And I'm kind of looking at that, and Sarah's watching me, and I just turn around, and I look back at the wood line, and I go, there's something over that way. Let's go look over there. And what I was actually looking at is I, there was a deer trail. There was like a single track of a deer going across the snowy field. And so I watched which way the tracks were going, and as I was walking following the tracks, I looked up, and there's a friggin' tree snap about nine feet up. And I'm like, okay. So I don't say anything to her. I just keep walking forward, you know, and I get over there and I start walking around taking pictures of everything. She finds the tree snap. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's all like, you have squatch powers. You can find them. <laughs> yeah. No, I just went, okay, where's the deer going? Oh, this is probably where they usually walk. Yep, as it turned out, that was usually a deer trail. And yeah. oh, it goes down through a little ravine. Oh, that's a great ambush spot. Let's go check over there. Yeah. There's already, like, deadfall piled in place to make a nice little ambush spot. There was a Bigfoot bed there. There's all these little structures and shit. It's a Sasquatch rookery. Whoever's watching them is, like, hey, there's there a, there's for a deer to go by, you know? There's a great Sasquatch ambush spot. Let's walk right through the middle of it. Hell no. Yeah, yeah no. exactly. I'm not going through that spot. That There's probably one sitting there ready to ambush whatever comes through there. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly you know that's why but it's like during the winter there's no signs of anything being around yeah. there it's like there's nothing there right now and it's yeah. daytime anyway let's go see what's going on but this is all stuff that had been left there from the previous summer is all the shit that we were finding <laughs> during the summer they were up there in that nice shady little gully with a little squat so it's letting them play and they're sitting there behind this fucking you know little ambush spot waiting for a deer to wander by so they could snap its neck and feed them all to <laughs> Multitasking. Oh, yep. Well, if you, just uh, tomorrow, the same time work for you. Yeah, let's do the same thing. Assuming I'm okay. sick or something, we'll shoot for like nine thirty again tomorrow. Okay. All right. And just all right. There's there's other stuff I thought about too that I hadn't thought about. I still haven't explained how I introduced him to a gun and the first time no, I ever you, shot it. You should probably tell that too before you walk out there because that's you're going to have to explain how you had a gun with you. Yeah. Well, I, I always did, but I, that's something I just realized I'd never, I barely, barely touched on it, but then we got into other stuff. Right. So I'll have to, you know, prelude or got to go back a little bit about introducing him to actually seeing a gun and hearing it fire. Well, you can just and, say, well, this is important to the part that's coming up here, so i got to explain to everybody about yeah. how I introduce him to, to guns again, hopefully yep. without freaking him out. Yep, and how I told him that it's not the gun that's bad, it's the people that were bad. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, let's, okay. uh, 
let's hang it up here. And you actually hang up this time, okay? Yeah, I, I've got my phone right here in my hand, and I'm looking at the sign. Okay. <laughs> all, all right, brother. I'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right. Have a good night, buddy. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.